1: It's the almost final countdown. The cicadas are humming. The spiders are beginning their yearly ritual of covering every face-level walking space with their webs. And the crops are waiting to transform their color to that beautiful, soft harvest brown. Yep. The sun is setting on July and August brings the first hunting seasons here in my state known for its fields of opportunities. Won't be long now folks and we will be out of time to prepare and our only focus will be on performing in the field. Get those last few projects done and give the deer woods at least one month to settle down and forget about you before you try to slip in there this October. I've said it before and I'll say it now. I love nature, period. From bugs to bucks and from flowers to fish, I love nature. This episode is all about that. Jay Wolf is a man who has lived his life around wildlife over three decades of guiding elk hunters in the West, chasing whitetails right here in the Midwest, and most recently his daily, yes, daily pursuit of catching critters with his camera has earned him a school of hard knocks PhD in finding and observing wildlife. Now fully open your mind's eye and picture the wild beauty that Jay Wolf has pursued his entire life in episode 11 of the First Gen Hunter podcast. Hey Brandon, great to be back online with you, man.
2: Oh man, it's great to be here. We are we are amped up. It might be late, but it may as well be uh, morning time sitting in a deer stand. I feel so excited right now. <laughs>
1: I know i've I have had the itch to go hunting. Yes. I mean, it's, yes. You see those you see those bucks just standing out there in the beans because r- right now, at least around here, the soy the soybeans are pretty much maxed out like, like size. They might, they might grow a little bit taller, but you get, it mm-hmm. might get a little more like a little bushier yet through August, but, yeah. but it start, you're starting to get that scenery that you have early season hunting and, yes. and then when you see the, the buck out there in his the summer, you know, uh, mm-hmm. um, that kind of reddish brown coat yep. and, yep. and it's just like, Uh, time to go hunting, but it's still a ways away here in Iowa. There's
2: nothing better than, I mean, you got some nice tall soybeans and maybe that deer's bedded down or, you know, whatever. And you see that rack waving (laughs) just above the soybeans. And it's funny, you just mentioned, you know, you get the itch. Speaking of itching, um, I just recently was able to go out, um, after, uh, church, believe it or not, um, and get some trail cams up. And I, I, you know, I had got my scentless shower and I was all prepared, had my boots on, actually just went out there in my collar shirt right after (laughs) church. And uh, man, i tell you what, it's like ever since I turned 18, I have become so much more susceptible to poison ivy. And I thought, man, I am decked out. I've got my nice tall boots on. And I was, man, I was like, I'm going to, I'm not even going to walk through grassy trails. I'm going to go through the woods. And wouldn't you know it? I still got poison ivy,
3: man,
1: (laughs) but it's
2: well worth it. It's well worth it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, all the listeners would tell you, Brandon, first dot com, there is a uh, there is an article there that'll tell you how to avoid that stuff. But I assume you already, <laughs> already know how to I identify. It. I I need all the help I can get, man. I'm telling you.
2: <laughs> but it's worth it. You know, you start going through that and you said you said it right. Like, you know, you start thinking of that early season and man, you're willing to put up with some things to get out there and, and get the job done. So man, I, I tell you what, it just it, with every day that passes, even with the heat, you know, you're just getting in that mood and that countdown getting closer to the season.
1: That's right. Well, something that is positive and is relevant with the time of us recording is, as far as I know, as of today, I, I haven't seen as much news on it. I, of course, I haven't been on social media for a little while right now, which you mm-hmm. know, when you're when you're running a media channel, is like, you know, a, a couple hours. But um, right, right. But uh, the Great American Outdoor. Great American Outdoors Act, I believe it It had, I know it had already passed the Senate a um, uh, few weeks ago, maybe even closer to a month ago now. And so then okay. it went on to the House. And then if if you're following the issue or, or the, the bill, I guess, um, the concern was there would be, now that it was passed the Senate and had to go through the House to get to, to get um, passed there and then on to the president and, and President Trump had already said that he was he was planning to sign it and he's still is saying that so that, that's good. Um, but the, the fear was from the people who were really you know lobbying for this, I guess for lack of a better term, they were concerned mm-hmm. that there would be a bunch of other stuff like packaged in with this mm-hmm. bill.
2: Bunch of pork,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. Stuff yeah. that wasn't even relevant to to the Great American Outdoor Act, and mm-hmm. uh, thankfully, doesn't seem like that happened. And it passed the House today, so on onto nice. on the president's desk now. And um, so, you know, I'm not I'm not a, an attorney, I'm not a, a political science uh, a guy, but you know, it is an issue. I I've tried to follow a little bit. In fact, I I am um, even uh reached out to um uh Iowa's senators and, and my my rep here in my part of the state and thankfully all three of them are um were in support of, of the act. Nice. yeah, so it was more of a rah 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 type email like, Hey, thanks for doing yeah. this. Keep supporting, you know, out the outdoors and Yes. And uh, you know, it felt good to to be able to I don't know in a very very small way of course you know i'm just one person yeah. but but you know be, be in on that a little bit to to help uh cheer on the those who have the the power to vote on it and yes. what it's basically doing is is freeing up and fully funding um some some uh conservation um agencies you know uh state and federal agencies that that directly pour their efforts into better access better mm. habitat projects and and uh and cleanups and maintenance on these public lands and um if my understanding of it from wh- where i've been reading and stuff is is um this isn't like like taxpayer money it's it's i think mm. money from from like um uh like energy companies and stuff royalties off of those companies and and so um yeah really a positive thing and and it's a lot of money too we're talking in the billions of dollars that are that are going towards public lands and so well
2: um, i mean it's awesome that you know what that basically translates into is the potential to grow you know those first generation hunters out there those people who are Getting into it, those people who are seasoned but want more opportunity with possibly land access and things like that. I mean, it's cool to see that in the crazy politicized world that we live in, that you know some some cool things are happening for those of us in the outdoors and wanting to see that side of things grow.
1: Yeah, and it was very much so bipartisan. You know, people both side of the aisle awesome. were, were very supportive of this, and so you know, it's nice to like you just mentioned, it's nice to see that we can still come together on some things and. Yeah, you know, I've heard people say there's nothing more American than our public lands, and I think that that's a good. Mm. I think that's a good point. Just knowing that you yes. have that freedom to yep. go somewhere and yep. pretty much use it within reason, however yep. you want, you know, and yes, and that's. I mean, there's there's of course rules and laws and stuff, and sure, to some extent, but as far as hunting and fishing goes, yeah you know that's there's there's a lot of a lot of room to enjoy it so mm-hmm. yeah yeah anytime anytime we can support our public lands it's a great thing uh, speaking of which my wife and i we were just uh doing a fishing trip last week up on some public ground in in uh northeast iowa the driftless region there yes and so uh, that you guys had some success yeah yeah caught some fish and yeah. found a bunch of raspberries all on public ground, you know, so just, nice. uh, um, and, and I even found some spots that I'd probably actually like to hunt sometime. So
2: nice. There yeah, you go. yeah. It'd
1: be fun to go up there. But, um, anyways, uh, to tonight's episode that, that we're recording this, uh, this as we like to call it pregame banter for right is yes. is one that we uh we've kind of gotten in this bad habit where and, and honestly it's just the nature of doing interviews you don't want to make the person you're interviewing you have to sit through all of uh our nonsense but mm-hmm. but um we try to keep it relevant <laughs> to hunting and, and so forth but um i thought it'd be kind of fun before we get into this excellent interview with uh jay wolf who mm-hmm. man just The guy has seen a lot of critters in his time. I mean, he's...
2: And what a cool story, you know, how, you know, I mean, just, I think the the fans and the listeners are going to be just, you know, excited to hear his story and to see how he responded to even some challenges and how it's worked out in such a positive way.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, one thing he didn't mention that he, in talking with him after the interview... Um, you're going to hear about a pretty serious tree stand accident that Jay was – he would tell you, yep. I'm just so fortunate to have walked – well, Yes. survive, right?
2: Yes, yeah. But yeah.
1: he also yeah. kind of mentioned a bad snowmobile accident, I think. I think he talked about how he had broken it, his back an- another time, and um, uh, what happened there was um, – he, I think, lost vision in one of his eyes, too. And so, oh, uh, nice. yeah, so the guy has had some really traumatic accidents and, you know, enjoying the outdoors. And yeah. just his resilience and resolve to, to come back to it and to, um, you know, even pursue something at a level that he does mm-hmm. with his wildlife photography, which is just fantastic. Yes. And and make yes. sure, make sure, make sure. We're going to mention it several times throughout this episode where you can find his work find it i mean just get onto mm-hmm. his uh social media pages through instagram facebook and and even his website and and uh get yes get your eyes on on his work because it's it's really impressive stuff but
3: mm-hmm.
1: anyways not not to oh not to give too much away here of our interview i thought it'd be real fun <laughs> to, i thought it'd be fun to really quickly here so we don't make this a, a marathon episode Mm -hmm. most let's let's go ahead and narrow it down to one thing most insignificant significant Mm. yes i know that's that's like you know oxymoronic statement there or something right uh (laughs) most insignificant significant outdoor Mm -hmm. moment that you have had now I will give mine first so that you can kind of understand what, what it is I'm talking about here. Cause I know that's mm-hmm. kind of a, mm-hmm. a confusing thing. So my most insignificant, significant moment in the outdoors is I have caught a muskie before. And so the fish, <laughs> Of a th- I think it's a thousand casts, maybe it's 10,000 casts, you know, like one, yeah, basically a Holy Grail f- fish, you know, yeah. for, for freshwater yep. fishermen is to catch a muskie in your mm-hmm. lifetime. Right. Mm-hmm. So I've done that, you know, I, in fact, man, you know, I caught, I caught a muskie when I was, I was in my, uh, you know, low twenties, you know, mid, mid twenties, yeah. you know, I'd already bucket list, you know, that's an item checked off. Yeah. Right. But the reason it's insignificant is because I was basically fishing for smallmouth bass. Yeah. And I caught like a 16-inch fingerling tiger (laughs) muskie.
2: Hey, still counts, right? That's right. So I've caught a
1: muskie. It's just that, um, yeah, it was, uh, you know sixteen inches long and not yeah, even a pound. Yeah, right. So <laughs> I've definitely caught rainbow trout that are probably bigger than yeah. than uh, my muskie. So Yeah, so, right, uh, right. That's my that's my most insignificant, significant outdoor
2: moment. What about you? Oh man. Well, you know, if I had to pick one, you know, and you think of all the unique stories and different things that you have over the years. Um growing up, you know, one of the things that we had a lot of success with, especially, you know, as young kids, you know, we didn't always have a ton of time to, you know, practice, uh, shooting slugs and whatnot. We didn't, I didn't really grow up, you know, shooting scoped guns and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we were just, you know, out in the country and, you know, we, we, we did the best with what we had. And so one of the things that we, we can do in Delaware, um, is hunt with buckshot and, oh, really? um, uh, yeah, I mean it's kind of, it's we've had a lot of success with it. You know, we've kind of um, haven't done so much of that in in the recent past, but years ago, especially you know, growing up when we were younger, you know, it's a good it's a good way uh, if your state allows it and you're and you're smart about how you do it and you pattern your gun well. And when I it can be a great way to get kids into it in, in the sense of um, giving them an opportunity to to harvest an animal. Um, if they, especially they don't have a lot of uh, time to put into practice and whatnot. So, um, one year, my brother had an opportunity to shoot at a deer and, you know, took a shot, you know, whatever we all know each, each, you know, opportunity has its own story. Right thought that he had totally missed you know and didn't find any blood whatever and it was a it was a beautiful buck and um so fast forward to the spring and we're walking through the food plot field and we see a shed in the back of the food plot field and we thought man wow you know how cool is it to find a shed but especially it, it was and it, the way it was laying it was like it was like someone could have set it right there
3: Like mean, mm-hmm. it was just
2: laying you know kind of face up just like the sun was shining on it it was just like wow yeah you know so we picked it up and we started you know, just like looking at it, you know, just like you would with a shed. You just really love to yeah. look at every you know, bit. And it is like a really cool split brow tying on it. And we we're looking at it and about an inch and a half up from the base of the antler, there was actually a buckshot pellet <laughs> <lodged> <laughs> in the antler. And, oh. you know, had that, had that, you know, pellet been an inch and a half lower, you know, it would have, that deer would have dropped like a sack of potatoes. Um, but as you know, as the good Lord would have it. That buck made it through. Um, you know, we never ended up seeing that buck again, you know, in the future seasons, but the buck made it through, dro- you know, dropped the shed and, you man. know, hopefully, you know, made it for, uh, you know, maybe another fortunate hunter. So, I mean, it was kind of, kind of cool to be able to come full circle with that and find that. And just kind of a neat story, a neat wrap up to that story.
1: Yeah, definitely, man. <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> That is so crazy. (laughs) Yep. Find a shed. He ain't dead, right? Yeah, that's Most likely, uh, unless he he dies after he sheds.
2: Well, every shed, every, every harvest, every opportunity all has a different story. And that's, that's probably if we had to say what keeps us coming back, that's what keeps us coming back. You know, that every, everything has a different story, journey, adventure, and we're excited to make the next memory and take the next adventure.
1: Yeah, right on, right on. Well, um, I hope, <laughs> I hope you guys uh, got a good laugh out of, out of, uh, some of our, our, uh, I guess folly, folly in the woods, right? There's yeah, just, right, so, exactly. there are so many stories, you know, maybe sometime yeah. I the king, there's two, there's like, I guess you can't really have two Kings, right? Maybe a King and a Prince of yeah. uh, folly in our family in the outdoors. Yeah. The King would be my dad right there's just (laughs) things that have happened to him that while we've been out in the woods that are just hilarious but then my middle brother luke which is probably why he doesn't like fishing and hunting he has an unbelievable talent for falling in to the water (laughs) and and i mean just the craziest stories but yeah. That, that could be, you know, maybe I'll be able to get him on sometime to uh There you go. to tell those stories for us. He's he's yes. a pretty busy guy. He's a he's a uh doctor down in uh georgia with the military so he's he's uh working Mm. all kinds of crazy shifts and stuff but i bet Mm -hmm. i bet we could Mm -hmm. get old luke on here uh hey we
2: could we could get a we could have a blooper episode man you know (laughs) i tell all those stories you know (laughs) oh
1: man one of them's even on video my my cousin uh narrates the whole thing and then (laughs) Just like magic, he falls in at the end. Well, we better, uh, we better wrap this pregame up and get to, uh, yes. Mr. Uh, Jay Wolf, the wildlife photographer. So hang on to your earbuds or your steering wheel a little bit longer. You know, maybe hopefully you don't have. I'm a teacher, so when I get to school, it's like, man, I got to get inside before kids mm-hmm. get there. But maybe mm-hmm. if you got one of those yep. jobs, you know, just kind of, just kind of drag this one out into your car a little bit, sitting in the parking lot. Um, yeah. Uh, but you're going to like this one. It's a great story with uh, Mr. Jay Wolf. So go ahead and uh, get our tip of the day in and then uh, talk to Jay. All right, everybody. You get to have a high quality tip of the day because <laughs> our first gen hunter podcast resident
2: expert Mr. Brandon <laughs> Martin has given it to us today. Brandon, what do you got? Well, you know, sometimes the the best tips can be the simplest of tips and one of the one of the, you know, key things with deer hunting now you know we all know about it it, it, with the trail cams with the taking inventory different tactics between early season late season you know we've talked about that a little bit in other episodes where we'll look forward to talking about it more in future episodes as well but a super simple tip that i found to be really helpful when you're identifying a place to to place a, a location to place a trail cam one thing that i really look for is like a group of trees just like it doesn't have to be all piled together, but just kind of close together trees, and identify a tree that slightly bends in toward where you're trying to get a picture from. Um, what that does is, you know, some some hunters have a tendency to put the the cam too low in an effort to, you know. Make sure you're you're catching the deer, the buck in the frame, uh, but the issue with that is a lot of these cams they can end up spooking deer like that. And so what what you do is if you want to, ideally get it up you know around five foot and have a slight angle to it um, with a couple trees around it to kind of break it up a little bit. And I found that to be really successful just you know they have no idea it's there it's truly stealthy and it really ends up giving you the best opportunity for some great pitchers works great for early season whether you're on a food source or whether you've got a mineral site it works great late season or you know during the rut um, when you're talking about you know uh Uh, mock scrapes and different things like that, or even late season when you're talking about corn drops. So kind of a a good tip for all parts of the season. Just try to make sure it's about five foot and, and look for that tree that actually bends in a little bit towards where you're getting that picture from. And it's going to give you a great opportunity to get great pictures.
1: Wow. That's an excellent tip there, Brandon. Thank you for uh, sharing that. That's, that's something I could even put into practice now with some of my trail cam use. Sure. All right. Well, let's get back to, to the well I guess get to the interview the much anticipated interview with mm. Mr J Wolf All right Hey, welcome back, all of you First Gen Hunter podcast listeners. Another great interview in store for you tonight. Not only do you Mm -hmm. get to hear the velvet, smooth vocal cords of Mr. Brandon Martin from the (laughs) unheard-of state of Delaware... But
2: also known as a town, so it's yeah, fun. that's right, that's right, a, a
1: town in Ohio. He claims there's a Delaware County in Iowa, yes. though, so so that's okay. There you so, go. so you're okay. famous, and I think there's some big bucks up there too. So
2: nice, uh, okay,
1: maybe maybe it's a namesake. Um <laughs> And then an extra special guest, somebody who was gener- generous enough to lend us his time, and I say that because he is a very busy man. And you would know that if you follow him on social media. And hopefully after this episode you will take the time to uh do that. But we have with us wildlife photographer, Mr. Jay Wolf. Thanks for thanks for being with us tonight, Jay.
0: You're welcome. Thanks for having me.
1: For sure. Well, as um the listeners already know, but but um this this is your uh first time getting to talk with mr Brandon martin Brandon is my co-host he is from Delaware and uh, he actually um, runs with his two brothers uh Tri martin uh outdoors and they run uh the hunt fish life and so um kind of a a social media based um, brand that that exists for Hunting and and fishing and and really any outdoor-minded folks uh-huh. to share the the joy of of enjoying nature and, and and all that it has to offer. So he's he's joining the call with us tonight, and um, Brandon, you're going to get to know Mr. Jay Wolf here uh, really well. Hopefully by the end of this interview. So
2: looking forward to it i mean it's it's cool to explore these different avenues that correlate with you know everything that we love about the outdoors so really excited about this
1: yeah for sure for sure well um let's let's go ahead and jump right into it here and um i'm going to kind of preview for not just brandon but all of our listeners just some of the work that that um uh Jay does. And as I mentioned, Jay is a wildlife photographer. That's how I came to know him. Um, I started seeing a lot of his work on uh, Facebook, actually. Uh, he has a very popular Facebook page and um, very active. There's, I don't know, Jay, what would you say? You probably post maybe maybe uh, I, anywhere from two to five different uh posts of of just photos that you you take every day would you say i i try to yeah Um, it's it's some
0: days maybe some days maybe a little more some days maybe a little less but yeah on a good day probably three to five i'd say
1: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and and that's what makes his page uh, well, one of the things that makes it so f- fun to follow is there's just that steady stream of really good content, which leads me to the the next thing that that I think uh, kind of describes Jay's talent. You know, a lot of people have uh, been getting into photography. It seems over the last ten years. You know, just that technology I think has become more mm-hmm. available to. You know, going from film to the digital world, and, and at first, of course, digital cameras were very poor, pixelated quality, and and now you know it's just incredible the the resolution you can get on on a on a camera, and so a lot of people get into it. But I would say that few people really have uh, that eye uh, to capture what I would call the magnificence of the moment, and Jay. Mm-hmm has that eye. I mean, some, some of the pictures you share, I just, <laughs> I stare at it for a couple minutes. And I'm like, how did he get that? And, and <laughs> it, it's, it, it, it really is something. And I would even take it a step further because based on some of the other work that you do, Jay, I would say that, that you have an eye that captures the magnificence of the ordinary. And, and what I mean by that is, Some of the stuff Jay does, yeah, it's a, it's a scheduled event or, you know, uh, as we're going to talk about here in a a minute, uh, he, he's been guiding elk hunts for, uh, longer than I've been alive. And, uh, he, he, um, has those unique opportunities come up that way. But a lot of what Jay shares, if you follow his, his work is everyday stuff that anyone could go out and see, um, if, if they know how to look for it, that is, and Mm. And uh, he, he, whether it's just the perfect lighting from the sun going through the the fur on a fox or the feathers on an egret or or whatever it is, Jay finds that one moment that makes that ordinary uh, thing that most people have seen at some point just really um, a, a beautiful thing, and and and, mm. and it truly is a form of art, and so. Um, thank you you're yeah you're you're quite talented and so i'm i'm very excited to to have you on the show and, and again uh just really thankful for your generosity and your time because i do know you're you're a busy guy um but yeah we'll we'll dive into that a little bit more here though through the interview and uh i i did want to also hit on the fact that uh, just from following you I, I i know wildlife is your passion and you just love being outside in fact Um, of people that i know you're probably in the outdoors just as much if not more than anyone that i know um, because of your your uh, passion for those things but um, as far as your photography goes you cover a lot of other things is that correct
0: i've been really fortunate Um, i've had the opportunity to do three pga golf tournaments Wow. Which, Very cool. Which it, oh, it has been so fun and has taught me so much.
1: Sure. Been enough. around
0: so many awesome people. And mm. um, I also got to do a Dustin Lynch concert. Oh, that's cool. Um, Very it neat. Was, it was. It was. It was an absolute riot. Um,
3: <laughs>
0: loud Loud noises are hard for me to take. And I was mm. really concerned about this concert, sure. but I literally had a ball. It, it was a lot of fun.
2: That's awesome. <laughs> That's really awesome. A lot of fun. Now, were you able to, with the PGA side of things, were you able to pick up some good golfing tips, you know, and <laughs> whatnot? <laughs> you
0: know what? You asked those guys, and, and I did, how in the world... Do you do this? Yeah, it ends up being an hour story, and you don't remember any of it. (laughs) But those guys are literally amazing at what they do. But you know what? They're no different than you and me. Right? Um, They they just have uh, they just have the ability to hit a golf ball a long ways and most of the time know where it's going (laughs) and they have good days and they have bad days well right i think that's life isn't it
2: yeah well said very well said yeah for
1: sure
0: well made a lot of friends yeah
1: yeah 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 those are those are really cool avenues to get into and and um you'll again if you if we'll we'll share jay's um uh social media handles and, and his website here before the end of the show. But uh, if you tune into what he's doing, you'll you'll get to enjoy a lot of that work that he does, which is is quite unique. So um, let, let's talk a little bit about you as a, you know, of course this is a, a hunting focused uh, podcast. So um, outdoor activity is, is really our, our main topic that we address. So w- what really kind of got you into wildlife photography is that something you've always been interested in is it a recent thing or or um you know just kind of an evolution of your self as as a uh, person and your your interests and uh your work even uh how how exactly did that come to be
0: well i've always loved wildlife um nature uh whether i was hunting it or just watching it or being in it. Sure. Um, I, I always loved it and I hunted a lot. Mm. Um, I also always loved photography, but knew nothing about it. Didn't understand it. Mm. That was in the film era. And um, so I didn't really get deeply involved in it. Always wanted to, but never took the time to do it. Mm. Well, my life pretty much changed in 2008. Um, October 10th, uh, I fell out of a tree stand and I broke my neck.
3: Oh! Oh!
0: Wow! And I do not remember a lot about that day, um, mm. but it has it it changed my life. And that was the second time that I have broken my back. And oh my goodness! Gosh but but this neck episode really hurt me and mm. um I deal with it pretty much every day but mm-hmm. I've learned to deal with it sure and yeah. I'm not asking for pity I'm not asking for any of that I'm just happy to be alive yeah um, yeah and um no but anyway when after I realized that things had really changed for me um and really not for the better mm because of health problems, um, I, I finally decided that you're either going to sit in the house and die and feel sorry for yourself or you're going to find something to do because yeah. I couldn't bow hunt anymore because I couldn't mm. pull a bow back. Right. right. Um, I mean, And that's pretty much what I did was bow yeah. hunting.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, so anyway, I finally decided... Uh, that I think I'm gonna see if I can't get into this photography gig mm-hmm. and maybe just, maybe if I get some good equipment and get the right equipment and get lucky, um, maybe I'll get some neat pictures. I think it's something that I need to try. And it sure. was more for the therapy guys than anything, mm, Right.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: just to, just to get me out of the house to get my mind off of the pain, to get my yeah. mind off of everything, um, to actually get out and feel like you're a part of the outdoors again, mm, yeah. and that's how this whole thing started. And I, I self taught myself. Um, I, uh, and I, I, I still got a lot to learn. Um, I but I thoroughly enjoy it and it's still, it's more about being really close to uh, wildlife and nature than anything. Mm, And and if I can add a picture to that story, um, which I've been able to do and have thoroughly enjoyed doing it. You know, I, I've got four grandchildren that live in a, big big city
3: mm-hmm.
0: and those kids are unbelievably nature minded
3: mm-hmm.
0: they, they, they just love nature mm-hmm. and That's awesome. yeah and you wonder how and why
3: yeah. and mm-hmm.
0: you know living in a big city how, why and how are you so interested in nature and wildlife but mm-hmm. yet they are and right. um it i've i've got a hard drive in my gun safe with over 250,000 photos on it wow that and that's oh, as of man. right now i've got i've got a ton more to put on there but wow. someday those kids are going to look at those pictures mm. and say my grandpa took those mm. and that means more to me than anything
3: yeah. yeah, that's
1: that's yeah. that's a great point. You know, that's one of the things Brandon and I have talked about with just starting out this podcast. Whether or not we we get a ton of followers or or, or whatever, our kids and and hopefully our grandkids someday and and on down the line will have these recordings to kind of learn about us. Yes. You know, and and um,
0: absolutely
1: things that we probably wish we had from our grandfathers mm. and great grandfathers and and even our even our dads you know just uh yeah get to see it into their their mind a little bit like that so that is yeah that is a real yeah. that is a real treasure for for them well, for sure
2: and it's and it's kind of cool you know what you're saying too just from the standpoint of you know some some kids they are in city settings and some don't you know have the ability to necessarily get out of those city settings very frequently and so this avenue of the photography side of things can You know, you know, not of course, of course, yes, for your for your grandkids, but other kids as well just could you you could see how that could really, you know, start to plant a seed of wanting to explore the outdoors and wanting to know more about it. So it's kind of cool that photography could be that avenue that would maybe get, you know, even children start starting to think about wanting to get into the outdoors. That's a pretty neat facet as well.
0: That is such a great point. And. I've thought of that. I've done, I do photography shows. Mm-hmm. Um, the COVID virus has really thrown a monkey wrench in that for yeah. now. Mm, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. As it has in everything. Um yeah. But I did two shows for schools in Chicago and I will never forget doing mm. them as long as I live. Wow. And, just to see the kids' faces and the expressions when you put an eagle picture up or mm. when you put a fox picture up or you yeah. put an elk picture up on the widescreen TV. Um, when you put the coyote picture up and I would turn my coyote collar on and make a coyote sound <laughs> to, to see their face and their actions, uh, it's priceless. And, yeah. you know... those poor kids, a lot of them uh, will never get to see that. And and I, I guess part of doing the shows is to try and open up maybe a life for some of these kids that they've never even thought of.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Wow. That's, I mean, that's awesome. And you know, we were, you know, I know we've chatted about it before, you know, as you become a mature outdoorsman photographer, hunter, whatever, fisher, You know, it becomes more about. Being able to see the enjoyment born in other people, being able to see them have a great time, then be successful, those types of things, you know, it's fun to be able to, to get something yourself, but it really doesn't compare to the opportunity to see that being born in someone else. So it's pretty amazing for you to be able to go to these schools or have these events where you can see, like, I'm sure you'd see in their eyes, like, wow, there is a genuine interest and man, what could potentially come of that? Just even playing that yeah. seed at a really young age.
0: I think so too. And it's, um, it's still, I can still see the faces on those children and, Mm. um, it, the questions, the questions that they ask
3: Mm.
0: are so, uh, it's just cool. They, Mm. they, um, their little minds are going a hundred mile an hour. Oh yeah. And, um, it, uh, it, it, I love doing it. I just love doing it. Mm. um, And I hope to get to do, I hope to get to do more of it. We'll see, we'll see what happens here.
1: Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Well, Jay, one of the, one of the things, and I don't want you to give away any trade secrets here, but one of the things that I think is so impressive about uh, your, your photography beyond just the quality of the, the images that you capture, you're really, really good at getting on wildlife, meaning getting those finding those opportunities to view a lot of these critters which are quite elusive and mm. and you have dozens of pictures that I've seen of of just different different critters and i and i'm a i'm a high school biology teacher so i you know i i really get into this stuff and and uh the the longtime listeners here uh know that i'm quite a nerd when it comes to uh viewing wildlife and <laughs> and, and uh they they heard about the uh uh how how excited i was about seeing a jackrabbit in in iowa this summer and and yeah. uh, uh but Even, even someone like me who, who spends a lot of time looking for wildlife and, and, and really uh, tries to keep a mental tally of, of the different species I've seen, I come nowhere close to not only what you see, but what you're able to document with your camera. Do you have any, do you, do you have any, like maybe, should I say generic tricks so you're not giving away too much of, of how you, you find your success, but, but any, any, Quick tips or tricks that you you have for getting on some of these elusive species and getting getting them documented with your camera?
0: I guess maybe just lucky. Um, <laughs> I you know I spend and I think I think the correct answer for that can is a lot of time. Sure. Mm. Um, uh-huh. you know where where most people. Uh, they wait for the weekend. They get to go out maybe Saturday morning and maybe sunday night well mm-hmm. that 's two episodes of maybe maybe a maximum of two hours of being out
1: sure i 'm mm-hmm.
0: out every day before the sun, normally before the sun comes up and a lot of times till it goes down mm-hmm. and uh, it it takes a lot not that it 's hard work
3: mm-hmm.
0: but it takes a lot of time. Sure, mm-hmm. and um, you know there's a lot of times when I'm laying in a ditch for eight to nine hours that day. Oh man, oh. Um, to to get that mink photo, to get right. that to get that otter picture, to to get the snow geese coming in, or to get the uh, speckle bellies coming in, or the mm. mallards, or whatever. Sure, um, yeah. You know that they're in that area. You know that they're hitting that area. Sooner mm. or later, they're going to show up. And you just need to be there. Right. And uh, anybody, anybody and everybody can do what I'm doing if they wanted to. It just takes a lot of patience and a lot of time. And mm. I guess I've got a lot of both of them. And, yeah. um And, uh, you know, if... If I sit for nine hours and I didn't take a photo, that's okay. Because I was there and I don't have to think. I wonder what showed up there today.
3: Right. <laughs> I right. Know right.
0: Nothing did. Um, <laughs> or, or I've got to go home and edit a thousand pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, uh because it was a great day. And mm-hmm. um it uh yeah, it's just it, guys. It's just time, and mm. and um, and I I put a lot of time in, and um, I've learned a lot of things about my lenses and about mm. my camera,
3: mm-hmm.
0: um,
1: yep, to, no to
0: to to well to hopefully give me the best picture that I can get. For you know, you sit in a place for eight hours wanting to get that photo, and you blow it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've done that.
3: Yeah.
0: And you talk about not being a very happy camper. (laughs) Right. Um, I can only imagine. (laughs) Oh, it does not happen a lot, but it does happen. And, um, uh, but that's okay. That's, I kind of give it one of those. Oh, well,
2: next time. Yeah. Well, and it's 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 pretty cool that, you know, what you're saying has matched, you know, what, what a lot of other people that we've talked to have said as well in, the terms, in terms of, you know, you've got to be out there. You know, you've got to put the time in. And, you know, when you think about, you know, a job or you think about, you know, being a parent or you think about really anything, you know, you've got to put the time in if you're going to be good at it, you know, and so we talk yes. about, you know, being an outdoorsman and maybe a first gen hunter, who's, you know, learning the ropes and figuring things out, being out there, you know, putting that time in is ultimately what's going to help you learn and experience things. And, and, and and beyond that, you know, it's going to give you the opportunity to be successful in a lot of different ways by simply being willing to put the time in, to get out there. So it's a, that's a, just kind of a, I think the tip you mentioned was just like a great, you know, kind of timeless tip, you know, make sure you're spending the time being out there and and good things are going to happen. I think
0: yeah. so. You bet. Uh, it's awesome. Th- it does for me. I think it will for you. Mm. Um, it uh, and the, you need to be. You also need to be where the critters are. Uh, mm-hmm. I right. I mm-hmm. mean, you've gotta. You've gotta put yourself in areas where uh, you're going to get an opportunity. I'm very yeah. fortunate. Um, uh, I know an awful lot, uh, awful lot of people. Uh, hmm. And have got access to an awful lot of property. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, my picture taken really is no different than your bow hunting or muzzle loader hunting. You need permission to go on that property.
3: Yes. Right. Um, yep.
0: You're either trespassing with a bow or you're trespassing with a camera. Right. And right. I don't want to do either. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, it's do your homework. Uh, knock on some doors mm-hmm. and um, I've never uh, I've never been told no um, yeah it um, I've never I've never been told no and um, that's awesome <laughs> uh, and, it, and it's okay if they do say no I understand sure. it's mm-hmm. okay I'll just go down the road a ways and knock <laughs> on the next door <laughs> yeah. So, yeah yeah it's just the way it is optimism yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. Persistence. Yeah. 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 Well, that takes me right into those two things, optimism, persistence, and really we could probably even add the third that we've been talking about with, with patience going into this. It kind of leads me to, to my next question here, which really kind of combines a couple of questions that I had, but have any of the skills that you developed during all your years as a hunter, have those translated over to your work as a wildlife photographer and um how would you say that that viewing wildlife as a photographer is different than viewing it as a hunter so kind of a a two-part question there and um we we can just answer first of
0: all yeah yeah first of all yes um it makes, uh, I do feel that all of the hunting has helped me greatly with my photography, mm. um, yeah. with kind of reading, um, animals in their actions, of sure. when I move, when I can't move, when I, you know, uh, a, a nice buck takes off running. Oh, is he going to stop? Well, it, you know, mm. kind of watching his body and, and watching his movements, you kind of know when you need to be ready to get that shot if you haven't right. already got it.
3: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Um. To me, it's funny you ask that question because to me, when I click my shutter and I've taken the photo of the animal that I'm photographing, mm-hmm. it so reminds me of a trigger.
3: Hmm. Mm. Yeah. And what
0: goes <laughs> on inside my body is uh when I when I capture a photo that tickles me or just elates me, um, trust me, I'm talking to myself after mm-hmm. laughing and yeah, right.
3: yeah.
0: jumping and saying I got it.
3: Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: And and um, you know, that that really is no different than uh an actual hunt. It's just uh, right. I'm hunting with my camera now. Right. right.
1: Yeah, that's 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 a that's a really good point there. Just it's it's like another trigger. Yeah. In fact, we even say shooting pictures. That's probably why. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. That's I've uh,
0: thought that many a time, and it's like <laughs> you know, I wonder if I should rephrase that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm not going to. Right. Uh, I still I I still believe very deeply in hunting as conservation. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um it's it had 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 some things not happened to me that have, I would still be I would still be doing it. Sure. Uh, right. Um, but um no, this this has worked out really, really well for me. It's been the best therapy that I ever could have asked for. That's uh, awesome.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. You know, you often hear the the phrase that nature heals right and just oh, that oh gosh uh, yes and, and brandon and i have talked about that before just um having that time out out in the quiet you know it, our our world is so loud uh, you know mm-hmm. phones buzzing um emails dinging uh you know phone the, the, going on right the the busyness at the office the traffic mm-hmm. noise the just to get out there in that true peace and you, you know you can you can really dig into yourself and you know uh, Brandon and I are both religious guys so we like to do a lot of uh, uh I guess you could say soul searching and and prayer mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that you while bet. while we're in the stand and and uh yeah it's it, it, there there is certainly a healing element to um to enjoying the outdoors in that way mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. For sure. Now, now one thing that, so this was kind of the, the second part of the question here. I got to think that when you're, you're there as a photographer, unless you, you know, of course, maybe you're, you're looking for one very particular animal, you know, one specific thing. Is it kind of a different outlook that you have when you're, when you're, there with your camera are are you more opportunistic i guess is what i'm saying like okay maybe i'm out here hoping to to see a giant buck tonight and get him on camera but you know if a beaver comes trundling along you know the the bank of the creek here that'd be okay too whereas when you're you're hunting yeah you kind of enjoy that stuff but you're so usually so singularly focused you know, mm-hmm. is is there that kind of a a difference? Have you noticed, or is it still pretty much the the exact same um, mindset that goes into it?
0: Well, that's that is that is where it's different. Um, and what I mean by different is is I can have my morning planned, and I can be driving down the road going to that ditch,
3: and
0: mm-hmm everything can change instantly sure. with, with something in the air, with something running across the field. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I, I was really going to go try to get that massive buck this morning, but you know what? He ain't going nowhere. He'll be there tonight. I've got to mm-hmm. go capture this.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And um, it, as long as I am taking photos of, Animals that I think are interesting, which all animals are interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my, my mission statement always has been I hope I can bring a smile to your face and show you things in the wild that you never get the opportunity to see. Yeah. And that, that's still to this day, I, I think of that every day because it still fits me perfectly. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, Yeah, I've got 100,000 photos of geese, but there's, there's, you know, a couple thousand of them that are really, really special, but they're still a goose. Um, but when you show them in a flight mode or, uh, on the ice or, or coming into the call or whatever it is, they're all different and they're all fun to take and they're all really fun to look at.
3: Yeah, Um, right.
0: Because they do so many different things. Mm. So, yeah, it my day starts off kind of with a plan, but it's it's never etched in stone uh, Mm. ever. Uh, I can I've got the best followers in the world. Uh, It's gotten to the point to where I have followers call me, text me, email me about a certain critter um, that they're seeing right now. If you're interested I don't take a lot of, I don't go to a lot of them, mm-hmm. but there are, but there are some that I do. Sure. And so, you know, in, in a deal like that, yeah, you got your day plan. You're you're going to go sit in the deer shack for half a day. No, I'm going to go sit in a driveway and take pictures of a hundred eagles on a fish pile.
3: Yeah. Um, right.
0: You, yeah. you know, and, and it's, it's my followers that it it's just, it's very humbling what they've done for me
3: yeah
0: um, and uh, you know we took a we took an idea we we started with a couple hundred people that now is close to 4 thousand people
3: yeah um, wow
0: and in different countries, um, many different states um, you know and 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 not only that we've 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 got some other really, really cool things in the works but it takes time and um and i'm not a very patient person but Mm -hmm. but i know i know that with this i need to be patient because it can be really really good
1: yeah yeah Yeah, there's no doubt that it's paid off and and you know i think there's a hidden tip in here that that hunters can can kind of learn from you and you haven't come right out and said this but i'm sure people are starting to get this get get this understanding as they listen, I know I am, you're a very people oriented person, meaning you, you, you care about people and you're generous and kind. And I think, um, that can, that can really help you out with, with, um, you know down the road having a following like you mentioned who who's been so supportive of you and and you've never been told no and you've knocked on someone's door you mentioned it and i think and that's not just for hunting you know that's that's any aspect of life if you generally if you're if you're a kind person that's respectful and carries yourself well and and um isn't all about what's in it for me, but, but, you know, like you mentioned with your, your mission statement, you're wanting to bring a smile to someone's face. If, if you truly treat people that way, then, you know, some of those other pieces that you need to fall into place Mm -hmm. are more likely to fall into place for you. So.
0: I think so too. Um, and that all comes from a, that all comes from a great, uh, upbringing from my folks, Um, you know, very fortunate to have been brought up in a unbelievably awesome family. Um, for sure. Got one, one brother, two sisters. Uh, we are all very close. My folks Mm. are still here. That's Um, awesome. It is. You you feel like the luckiest person in the world.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Brandon and I, we we were pretty fortunate with the parents, parents uh, that raised us as well. That's it it makes all the difference for sure. sure.
2: Well, I mean, and you you you're you know have that love uh, of you know just the passion you know from an early age, and sometimes it's not always the outdoors; it could be something else. But you know that that mindset, and then sometimes like Kent, you know, getting into it later in terms of the outdoors, and seeing that love and that excitement, you know, just being born in yourself, you know, and then trying to help other first-generation hunters out there and kids and, you know, so much, you know, it's it, we're so passionate about it and it's cool to be able to share different avenues, different ways, you know, whether it's books, whether it's, you know, photography, whether it's, you know, getting out there and shooting a BB gun, whatever, you know, it's kind of cool to explore those different things and the bond that many times starts with family and then just gets amplified and spread from there. Right. You bet.
1: Right, and it doesn't have to come I from agree. parents. You know, it's it's great if it mm-hmm. can, but but just being a good mentor to someone that you see mm-hmm. that that could use use a hand up, and and yes. reaching out and and uh, taking them under your wing, and and trying to to make that difference for them for sure. You know, mm-hmm.
0: guys, my my family, uh, my father, and my brother were never really uh, uh, hunting oriented.
3: Um,
0: it just wasn't there. It, my, all, my dad it was a very hard worker and all he did was work.
3: Mm-hmm. My
0: brother was a very, very good athlete. Um, and it just hunting just wasn't his gig.
3: Mm-hmm. But,
0: but uh I had a neighbor, his name was Bob Blaine, and uh he I could still remember him dove hunting in the pasture below my house, mm-hmm. and and I would walk out there and I'd get to sit with him and I'd get to look at that beautiful shotgun he had and I'd get to smell those federal paper shells after he mm-hmm. shot them. Yes. And still to this day, when one of those go off, that smell—it just—it's uh, crazy. I will um and another another man was Ed Alipra uh who was my high school he was he was a biology teacher at Erie High School okay, so okay. My, he was my basketball coach uh my as a freshman and sophomore <clears throat> but he he was an avid outdoorsman and pheasant hunter mm. and you know those two guys really woke me up and gave me the fire to love the outdoors.
1: That's mm. awesome. That's,
0: that's not being critical of my father or brother at all. No, everybody no. Yeah, everybody yeah, has right. different goals. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And that just wasn't their gig. Mm-hmm. Um, I I got myself around it a little bit and just fell in love with it. And have mm-hmm. never looked back. I'm now 62 years old. And... Um, you know, I, I'm talking about back when I was seven, eight, nine years old. Yeah. Um, what, so
2: yeah. Well, and Jay, years. what you're yeah, what what you're talking about is you know really awesome and something that we talk about a lot is you know being willing to take the time to invest in someone else because you know this kind of this theme continues to come up with us where you know things are amplified when you share them with people you, you, know, you see that obviously in in a family setting but obviously of course also in the outdoors where you're mentioning these gentlemen who took the time to take you out to start to you know get you involved and get you interested in those things and it's it's one of those things where you know I think for all of us if we thought of man, I could do this by myself. But if I do it with people, with other people, wow! It makes it so much better for me, but it also makes it so much better for them. And you know, you just see how that camaraderie, that brotherhood, that sisterhood, all of that is just amplified when you're able to share it with someone. And how cool it, it you know, is it to be able to be a mentor, you know, to someone? I, I thought you mentioned yes. you know something pretty interesting just a little bit ago. You've never, you had never been told no when going and asking, you know, someone for permission to take photos on the property or whatever. You know, in very much the same way, you know, what if, if we're asked or we're willing to be a mentor to someone or sometimes be a mentee, you know, Hey, maybe, maybe, and maybe I know someone who's more experienced than me. If I go and ask very yeah. seldom, is someone going to say, no, they want to say yes, they want to help. And it's just kind of that's making the connection point. and giving the opportunity. Yeah, that's bet. a good
1: point. That's a good point.
2: You bet.
0: Well, you know, that's the difference. That's the, that the, you just brought up the big difference in the hunter in me and Mm. the photographer in me Mm. the hunter in me yeah it's fun to when when you're on a pheasant hunt it's fun to be with three or four other guys that you know are safe and and it's just a riot yes when i'm with my when i when i have the camera Mm
2: -hmm. it's
0: okay when i'm by myself
2: yeah right
0: and the reason i say that is is because I don't have to worry about them possibly messing up something that I had the (laughs) chance to get a photo of. That's right. Right. That's right. They're going to get to see it. Everybody's going to get to see it if I get to take the picture. That's Um, true. Yes. Yes. But, again, I'm still, I'm by myself a lot, but I do have a new sidekick. uh, Nice. uh, Yeah, I just picked her up uh, Friday. My sister got me involved i just got myself a uh yellow lab pup named named roxy ray nice and, uh, that's awesome yeah she's going to hopefully she's going to become a, a rock star here with me and um she's she's going to be in a lot of photos and some films and um hopefully hopefully that will all work out but i'm looking forward to this fall with her Uh, not so much as a hunting dog as Mm -hmm. a companion
2: right yeah yeah it's amazing
0: yeah i'm really looking forward to it
1: i'll tell you what jerry i I know you already are good at finding antlers when you're out and about because i've seen i've seen in uh, the background of a few of your pictures uh, some some pretty uh pretty uh maybe envy uh, uh and be generating piles of sheds that you've picked up through the years those <laughs> labs those labs they they're excellent at finding antlers so maybe you can uh jeez can... i
0: never even i never even thought of that
1: yeah yeah there's some <laughs> there you go yeah, awesome after we're done with the interview we'll, we'll stick around and i'll uh, i'll point in the direction of a guy who um could really help you with that so that'd be awesome. a yeah that'd be a, a a a really fun thing to do with with uh Oh, would it ever so well um kind of going back to the the um i guess tips nature of our show which we like to do or it sounds like jay from from just hearing more about you you're you're very much like myself somebody who who is a first gen hunter you know somebody who who um kind of had to rely on some people outside of their own family and and was kind of the first person within their family to really get into hunting and and take off with it and and that's it's a wonderful it's a wonderful opportunity to have to be a first gen hunter but there's such a huge learning curve as you well know that goes into hunting and as as i'm sure there is for getting into wildlife photography but with that in mind do you have any tips and tricks that you've developed as a photographer that you think boy if I had a bow in my hands right now or if I had a <laughs> firearm in my hands right now huh? I would have a really nice shoulder mount to go up on my uh, uh up on my wall <laughs> so are are there any any tricks or tips that you've been able to find that can really get you close to game that maybe um listeners who, who are struggling with just that, or maybe who haven't hunted really yet. Um, or even veteran hunters, you know, we're, we're always looking for, for, um, uh, new tips to, to get closer to game and, and, and find the, 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 game so that, you know, we get those opportunities. Do uh, you have anything that you would suggest?
0: I still really, really think that the key word is patience. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of timelines, because of the busy world we live in, um, a lot of people just don't have the time. If you put the time in, and again, be patient. Right. Um, I really, I really think, you know, that right animal will appear. Um, I, for whatever reason, um, it it seems like now also knowing that I'm not trying to, harvest that animal that I just want to take a picture for whatever Mm -hmm. reason, it almost even seems like they're more calm and gentle. Um, That's interesting. uh, Don't ask me why I feel that way, but I've seen Mm -hmm. them do some things that, after i after they finally leave it's like i really think they wanted their picture taken
2: they, they viewed you <laughs> as a they viewed you as a friend not a not a not a uh, you know be as being hunted
0: well as goofy <laughs> as that sounds it just seems like maybe some of that is there but yeah um it, <laughs> that's know, cool I, that's cool well again i i i think it all comes back to just time right. um mm hours upon hours and um it uh, again a lot of people just don't have that
2: right and
0: mm. um it it just that's what it takes is time and patience
1: mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. for sure so um let's let's kind of shift gears here to to your life as a hunter um uh, you, you definitely gave us very uh, um interesting story with with how that all changed for you and and um you know I I can't speak for Brandon but I know Brandon's a pretty nice and compassionate guy. I mean, hey, he knew me in college and he still was willing to come on my uh podcast with me and co host. So <laughs> But uh that's kind of a heart wrenching story about about your um accident there that that kind of took you out of uh, your most favorite thing, but it, it's also quite I don't know if relieving is the right word or heartwarming is the right term um that you found refound a a new passion in mm. refound your passion for the outdoors but also found a new passion in photography and so w- we want to hear I guess a little bit about your you're still involved with with hunting even though you can't really hunt like you used to we know you still guide elk trips every um fall out west um can you kind of uh explain to us how you got into that and and what keeps you going back every year
0: well this year will this year will be my um my 36th year of, of wow. going out west. Wow! <laughs> sure. Yeah, um, the last the the last seven years have been guiding and not not hunting.
1: Sure. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I archery hunted elk for a, a lot a lot of years. Sure. And um, uh, so it, you know I I became very very close to the family. Uh, -hmm. and, and Larry from Hubbard Creek Outfitters is one of my best friends. Okay. Um, uh, Rusty and Butch and Jimmy and I have been going out there for a lot of years together and it's anymore. It's not even for the hunt. It's for the camaraderie of just being around the fire Mm -hmm. uh, and having, you know, just talking and laughing. Um, but it it has really been a blessing for me um, because I love the mountains. Um, They, they, they are very unforgiving. Um, (laughs) Yes. uh, You, you know, you, you might think, yeah, I'm going to go out there for five days. I don't need to get ready. I don't need to work out. I don't need a first aid kit. I don't need a water bottle. I don't, Mm. you
3: know,
0: the list goes on and on and on. And I, I'm telling you right now, you better check every one of those back on Um, right. because it's a total different environment. And, um, uh, you know, air, oxygen is the biggest thing. Um, Our camp is at about 7,500 feet. Um, Wow. uh, There are times when I'll be up to around 9,000 feet.
3: Oh, wow. Um,
0: I, I try not to but if that's where they are that's where we'll go right
3: um,
1: sure
0: but uh yeah rugged rugged country but on the other hand uh it's a it's a beautiful camp uh we stay inside of a of a cabin we've got hot water
3: oh um, nice
0: i mean it yeah i i've done the drop camp hunts before
3: mm-hmm. and
0: And, and totally, totally love them. Yeah. I'm not tough enough to do those anymore. (laughs) Um, That is a, you know, I, I wished I would have started all of this even earlier than I did. Mm -hmm. And, and, and for you people listening that are thinking that, that you would like to do this sometime, you need to get it done now.
2: Mm, good uh, it's good advice. Be, real good be, advice.
0: Well, you're gonna keep making excuses for not going this year, mm-hmm. and and I'm telling you, you're not getting any younger. And yeah.
3: Uh, yeah. Yeah. the it's difference
0: true. in what it was like when I went out there when I was young compared to now, my lord, uh, is it's just unbelievable. Uh, yeah, I can't. I I I can't even come close to doing what I once was able to do. And that's kind of a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. Um, that's probably taken me longer to get over than anything is mm-hmm. I just can't do this anymore. Yeah. And it's, yeah. I, I don't like that because yeah. it, uh, that is a, that's just a tough one to deal with. That's sure. Right.
1: That's understandable. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, and, you know, having, having that new environment that you've been guiding from with, with the cabin and the hot water, you know, those have their place because they've allowed you to keep enjoying something that you have so much love for. Um, yes. You know, absolutely long beyond that reckoning point of, wow, I can't, I can't do what I used to do. And yeah. And uh, so, you I don't know, think-
0: you come in at, you come in at night, fellas. And, There's a six-course meal ready for you. Um, (laughs) Then you get done eating, and and you're sitting in the chair kind of moaning and groaning because you ate a big piece of pie after your supper. You go outside to the fire and Mm. sit around that, and and you start telling lies, and two of (laughs) have gone by, and, and, um, you know, it's... It's just pure heaven out there. Yeah, a lot of and camaraderie. The, and the stars, I mean, mm. they are oh, yeah. right on top of you. They it just looks yeah. like you could reach up and grab them.
1: That's awesome. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 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 sold.
2: <laughs> you yeah, yeah, I mean I, and I I love your perspective because you know, if, as someone who has obviously gone through some traumatic things, you know, you've chosen to have a positive perspective. You know, the new passions have been born out of tough times, you know, where, you know, some things you can't do anymore, but you're still focused on the positive, being able to do other things. And so that's just a, such an important perspective to have on life, whether you're talking about the outdoors or anything else. That's pretty cool that you're, be, you're able to, you know, clearly see that through what you're doing.
0: Thank you. And you yeah. know what? It, it's a choice
2: yeah um, well said it,
0: it's, it's a choice that that only you can make mm, and um, you know I I just I, I don't know I, I'm just glad I made the choice that I did because yeah. um, I've thoroughly enjoyed it I'm far from done I've got a lot of neat things in the works nice um, uh, I have uh, I, ha- I can tell you just a little bit um, I have joined teams with Gary Metivier, uh, okay. who was a 20 year, uh, anchorman on KWQC channel six news. Okay. Um, he, so we've, we've got some things that we are working on that, that, that are going to be starting to show up this fall. Uh, wow! and, um, yeah, it and had 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 I not started taking pictures, none of this would have happened
2: um, right, right.
0: The people, the people that I have ran into and met since my accident mm-hmm. because of the photography has just mm-hmm. been incredible,
2: yeah, yeah. well, and and it's it's a great it's a great proof that, you know, many times, we face roadblocks in life and, you know, it, it would be easy to shut down and say, wow, I, I can't do this anymore. But to keep pushing on and to find another avenue to enjoy and to, you know, really believe that, you know, all things happen for a reason, you know, yes. and, and and all that. I mean, that's pretty amazing to be able to live through that and see, like you said, you know, had, had that not happened and you just continued to hunt and whatnot, a lot of these connections, a lot of these things would have never happened. So you're, you're, you're now able to be on the other side of it, looking back and thinking, wow, that's, that's just so cool the way it worked out. Like it did.
0: You're exactly right. Mm. Um, you know what guys I could have been, I don't remember a lot about that day. Mm. Um, I, 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 remember a few things. Um, but I will never, I, the helicopter ride from the hospital to Iowa city was 21 minutes. Yeah. Um, and the only thing that I remember about that ride, uh, is that same exact day, the call came in while we were in flight to Iowa city, another fella from the quad cities fell out of his stand
2: and died oh wow goodness
0: how i mean the same morning practically at the same time wow and um so um i'm very very fortunate i'm very very lucky um try to make the best out of what what's happened
2: yes yes well you clearly have and i mean you know it's kind of interesting in talking about, you know, elk hunting and this passion of yours that, you know, with the guiding and all that, you know, Kent and I reflection reflecting on, man, we really want to do that. And with, with, with this advice you're giving us, we're going to have to get out there a lot sooner, I think. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, if, if you're coming out with me, you are. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hey, yeah. sounds good.
1: Yeah. I'd be, I'd be all for it yeah for sure. Well, yeah. with, with that in mind here, um, as we, we come to a close, from a, a tips perspective, you already talked about the altitude and and so forth, and, and just the the tough terrain for people who are not from Elk Country. So we're talking, I suppose, mostly Midwest, East Coast. Yep. Although mm-hmm. um, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation has done a tremendous job of getting a herd reestablished in. Kentucky and I think yep. Pens- Pennsylvania now is starting to. Yes, to, yeah, I think to, so. Yes, yes. have a, a, a herd of elk that that's huntable. They so. are a
0: great organization.
1: Yes, yes, for sure. The, again, and, and Brandon and I, we've talked about some of these different. Um, I guess maybe wildlife advocacy—you could almost say—or or just mm-hmm. uh, con- certainly conservation-minded organizations have have just done tremendous work um yeah but let's say we have somebody who's not from one of those areas they have no prior experience hunting elk what are some what are some things that most rookies rookie elk hunters aren't prepared for coming from these areas that that you would suggest they need to from day one of thinking okay i'm gonna try and get an elk tag what do they need to start preparing for?
0: The hunt. The the entire thing. It is so far beyond what you can uh imagine. Those animals mm-hmm. are so big. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they're they they are so loud.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh when you when you get bulls screaming, cows chirping, um it you know, to me now it's like an orchestra. Right. Um, Yeah. It just it's it's just music to your ears. Mm
3: -hmm, Um, Right.
0: But, uh, you know, it you really you just really, really need to do your homework and get as physically fit as you can. You can Mm -hmm. never get totally prepared because of the just because of the oxygen level. Right. Um, Right. It but you need to get some legs underneath of you Mm
3: -hmm.
0: um, and you need to be realistic. Uh, when you're getting prepared as far as shooting your bow, uh, or muzzle loader or rifle, Mm -hmm. I have never done a rifle hunt. Um, I've, I've done the muzzle loader and I've done a lot of years of archery
3: Mm -hmm. and, um,
0: you know, you just, it, uh, you, you need to practice, practice, you need to put your time in. Right. Um, yeah. And, um, it I you know for me I think it was oh my goodness it was a lot of years before uh, before I got my first elk uh, mm-hmm. I will uh, and I I will never I will never forget it um, but you know it's you've got to get comfortable in your setting you've got to get comfortable in your and know that everything is okay I yeah. think what happens to most people when they've never been there and they get into these great big huge mountains Mm -hmm. i know i should walk farther but it's going to get dark and i need to make sure i know how to get back to camp right Um, and i'll tell you there's there's with with all of the technology that we have today with gps uh with everything that we've got you really can't use that excuse on me anymore. Um, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, because if, if you want to, if, if you really want to get in them, uh, mm-hmm. you're going to walk farther away from everything. Yeah. Than anybody else. And, and you'll get in them. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, it does not take an elk very long to go from one mountainside to the other. Uh, right. And you, and you can stand there and look at it and think there is no way that I can get there yeah. and they're all, and they're already there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. but yeah, that every, everybody wants to, it seems like a lot of people want to come out and be that perfect caller. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody wants to put that call in their mouth. And, and when, when they're, when they're getting a guided hunt, um, that's the first thing I want to make sure and know you don't have any calls in your pockets, right? Um, (laughs) Because they say a lot of different things Mm, and and they mean a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if you want me to work hard for you, be patient and trust me and let's see what we can get done. Yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah.
1: Wise advice.
0: uh, Yeah. I, I, I think luckily for me, it's just been the amount of years that I've gone out there and been in elk that's Mm -hmm. how you learn
2: um
0: i mean and those days it's not like uh i'm hoping that it will get like that again Mm -hmm. the the day of having a hundred head of elk run by uh, um now today is more like 15 to 20 Mm -hmm. um things have really changed uh Whether it be from wolves, whether it be from mountain lions, Mm -hmm. whether it be from hunting tags, uh, whether it be from a severe winter,
1: right? Mm -hmm.
0: um, things have just changed out there, and and I don't think for the better. Uh, Mm. I I hope it gets turned around, and um, uh, I hope the herds start growing again,
3: Mm -hmm. and,
0: um, you know, I I, I love to see them. I love to be in them. They're a, they are a magical animal. Uh, mm. They're just amazing. I will yeah. never forget. A couple years ago, uh, Larry and I went up to a spot, and i I, was, I didn't have a gun. I was, I was done guiding. I, mm-hmm. My hunter had harvested his animal, and we were standing, and we had a it was a good bull.
3: Um, mm-hmm.
0: not a great bull, but a good bull. And I think when it was all said and done, he was less than three steps from me. Oh, and wow. I, I slowly <laughs> through the whole ordeal of him coming in was putting my finger up to my left ear to close it. So I didn't go deaf from the shot. Oh man. <laughs> right. There was elk bugling around us everywhere. That is it was so Wow. Um, wow! And you could, I you could literally hear this bull chomping the grass off that he was eating. Um, it it was just unbelievable. That is he cool. never he never caught us and he never saw us and Larry never shot him. Yeah, the bull turned around and walked right back from where he came to. And wow! but by, by that time, we probably only had about five minutes left of legal shooting time Uh Mm -hmm. and i went up to larry and i i just i threw my hands up and i said man what are you doing (laughs) yeah and and this is the kind of friend he is and i hope everybody can have a friend like this Mm -hmm. he said you know what jay you're always out here guiding and busy and i wanted you to see an elk be an elk wow Wow. and that's amazing friend amazing I'll tell I will never forget that for the rest of my life that he did Mm -hmm. that for me
3: yeah Mm
0: -hmm. Um, yeah he lives there yeah Mm -hmm. he he has many opportunities yeah it it wasn't the biggest elk out on the mountainside but it was a good one yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for him to just stand there and giggle thinking Oh, I cannot wait to talk to Jay after this bull leaves,
2: <laughs> and I couldn't hardly talk. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and and what you're mentioning is pretty cool because you know what success is not always just in harvesting an animal. Yeah. In fact, sometimes the best success comes when you don't do that. When you have those time together, times together as a friend, when you get to see an animal just in its total, you know, just. Unadul- adulterated habitat just being itself i mean you know that i couldn't
0: agree with you more yeah yep. that meant more to me that meant more to me than any animal i ever harvested in my life yeah wow um that incredible. that episode was just absolutely incredible that animal was so big we're talking yeah. an 800 pound animal with, yeah with you know that uh <laughs> You just can't imagine how big they are right. until you're in them.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's three steps. No less from them. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. just
1: crazy. Yeah. That would be intimidating wow. to have it that there. close. That's crazy. It was
2: right. cool. That's... It was
1: cool. Well, Jay, we really, we really appreciate you coming on the show and, and sharing your years of, of knowledge and your diverse experiences. And before we, we, uh, direct our listeners to uh, how they can find your work and and follow along with uh, what you do um, you've your your role has really changed through the years hunting both uh, not by choice and and kind of by choice you chose to to respond in a in a progressive positive way when you you met this incredible hurdle and had hunting kind of taken away from you. Do you think there will be a new role for, for Jay Wolf as an outdoorsman down the road, even beyond uh, photography? Or do you, do you find so much contentment in what you're doing now that you really think that this is, you know, call it divine intervention, call it, um, you know, just, the way things were supposed to happen for you, fate, whatever. Do you, do you feel like this is this is kind of the thing you're going to do as long as you can, or 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 do you think there's going to be a new a new element to it down the road? What what's kind of your plans as an outdoorsman down the road?
0: Um, I don't see it really changing, guys. Um, i i I think I have pretty much found that niche.
1: That's awesome. That-
0: Fills my soul. That's um, great. You know, it. Uh, I. I. I cannot foresee any changes. Um, I mean, you know, I, there might be some changes to Jay Wolf Wild Photography sure. as far as it goes with Gary and what we're going to sure. do. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but as far as photographer, maybe go into another area and a next step. I don't think so. Um, I'm 62 years old and, um, my body is much older than that. So, you know, to, to, to reach out and go to a, go a different direction. I really don't foresee that happening.
2: Yeah. And you know what? You're content and enjoying what you're doing and that's awesome. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Why, why would you change doing something that you love to
2: do? And mm. brings
0: you and brings you happiness, right? Um, I and brings other people happiness,
1: yeah, no doubt, um, right?
0: You know, I I mean, I've got thousands upon thousands of photos that I have never shown that only my my kids and my grandchildren will see. That's
1: awesome. Um, I mean, that's a real gift.
0: Uh, but well, I hope so. Someday, I hope they just realize how important
2: this silly thing I'm doing is
0: <laughs> yep, yep. Mm, mm-hmm. if that makes no, sense. Yeah. It, it does for yeah. sure. And it's,
2: and, it, and I think like Ken just said, that's a real gift to be able to leave and, and a, a legacy, you know, you start talking about legacy and, you know, that next generation, what you're leaving behind. I mean, it's pretty, pretty neat. And, you know, obviously sounds like, you know, you're obviously gonna have a lot of time yet to, to spend with the grandkids and hopefully see them continue to just enjoy it and take an interest in things. Maybe at maybe at some point when they get a little older they'll be able to come out west with you and, and do a little something. That'd be pretty cool. Wouldn't that yeah, be
1: that'd mean? be awesome. Yes.
0: <laughs> I mean, who
2: who knows?
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: Amelia Amelia is my little owl observer. Mm. Um Nora, uh, she is just uh, she is just a nature geek like me. <laughs> Nothing um, wrong with that. <laughs> it, it, oh no, no, absolutely not. Um, it's so precious. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Layla, I I'm not quite sure, you know, where Layla's gonna come into play on this mm-hmm. with, with nature and whatnot. Um, Beans her bigger sisters really love it. I kind of think that she probably yeah. will. Yeah, um, and then of course, Abraham is just too young. Um, you know, who, who knows?
3: Right. Yeah. Uh,
0: but right now, Amelia and Nora are very nature orientated and that, that just soothes my heart. Like you cannot even imagine.
2: Mm. Well, I, I picture, I picture some of the very best memories of your life coming in the future, which is a, which is a pretty cool thought.
0: That is a, a thank you yeah thank you very much <laughs>
3: yep yep
2: yeah. for sure well i mean i mean wh- how cool would it be to be able to see them you know get out of the city a little bit come and visit you know pop Pop or Grandpa and and enjoy some of those things that no doubt they would remember for their entire life so yeah. i mean it's pretty already looking forward to hearing about that in the future hopefully for, from you
0: you know what the greatest thing is when i go there guys
3: the yeah. first
0: thing that Nora and Amelia wants to do is grandpa. Did you bring your wildlife caller? Oh, uh, oh, nice. And, and it's always in my truck and mm. I'll take it in and they both get three turns to hit mm. any number they want. <laughs> and, and I'm hoping that they can orientate as to, okay, Nora, what's making that sound? Yeah. And, um, it's uh it's a it's awesome i i mm. absolutely love their excitement
2: yeah mm. yeah that's sure. amazing right? we yeah. we love hearing your excitement we can you know it's pretty and 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 that's kind of universal when you talk to someone who clearly loves the outdoors and all that you know there is a sense of excitement enthusiasm passion that is is unmistakable so it's a, it excites us when we hear you being so excited about it which is pretty awesome thank yeah. you guys yeah for yeah. sure. Uh,
1: well jay as as we uh draw to a close here you kind of talked about it a little bit do you have any big projects you'd like to share with the listeners before we uh tell them how to get get a hold of you
0: um yeah i do uh the the project with gary metivier is big um i just can't say a lot about sure. it right now yet at this time mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. it uh it has got tremendous potential uh, we're putting a lot of work and a lot of time into it. Mm-hmm. And um, and you know what? If it doesn't work and it doesn't go, we tried. Right, and, right. Uh, sure. That man is so talented, and I feel so lucky to uh, not only learn from him, but uh, to be associated sure. with him. Uh, that man has won numerous, numerous uh, journalism awards that... Mm-hmm. The he is just very talented, yeah. And uh, so yeah, we got some big things there. Um, uh, It won't be long, and I will be headed out west. I am looking at possibly going out and spending a couple days uh, at Estes Park in Rocky Mountain National Park Mm -hmm. uh, and get some uh, get some more elk footage. Mm -hmm.
3: um,
0: Besides at camp, and uh, but other than that. You know, it's just an everyday thing of going out and trying to capture something new and fresh. And, uh, my favorite airplane is in the air right now. So, uh, I love going and taking photos of Frank when he's doing crop dust. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm, and, uh, mm-hmm. Only because I want to be in the plane not him. <laughs> and, uh, I've always wanted to do that. I've always had a fascination with aviation. Yeah.
3: Very and, cool. Uh,
0: Uh, it just will never happen for me, but he just, that man is amazing. And, uh, so I do a lot of photography, uh, of Frank flying. And, uh, so yeah, there's something to do every day. guys. Yeah.
1: That's a, that's a good mantra to, to just carry through each day of, of living (laughs) something, something to do every day. Well, yes, yeah, for, for, for sure. Well said. Um, if listeners want to follow you, jay uh i know you have a facebook page um i know you have an instagram account are there any other uh social media pages and how do they how do they track down your instagram and facebook
0: um facebook i am letter j w o l f wild w i l d photography um Hop on there and and uh give the page a like if if you like it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'd love I to. Strongly have re- it. I strongly uh,
1: recommend it. That as I said before, Jay is very active on, on his Facebook page and every day there's new there's new content to enjoy.
2: hmm mm-hmm. Well,
0: I've tried to keep it clean yep. and I've tried to cle- I've tried to keep it uh non political. Um that's not that's not what this page right, is about.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: This page is to show you photos yep. and yeah. and to kinda let you know what's going on in my life. Yep. Um uh you know, and um I I I don't want I don't want negativity on my page right. and mm-hmm. and um and there hasn't right. been so right. on Instagram it is also J Wolf Wild Photography. Um I I don't put near as much on Instagram as I should. Um, but you can get on there and follow me. I do have a web page. Uh the people that set it up did an absolutely gorgeous job. I have not followed up with it. It's it's all me. Um it and I think I'm gonna let it go. Uh, simply for the fact of what Gary and I are working sure. on mm-hmm. um, some things are going to change so the the best way to hook up with me is on facebook sure mm-hmm. um, through jay wolf Wild photography and um i 'd love to have you i 'd love to have you follow me
1: and and I know you 've you 've had some of th- at least through your website you 've had some of your prints available for purchase is that something that that if, um, a, a listener finds your page and they, they see, you know, some of your eagle pictures or, or any other wildlife, deer, elk, and like, man, I really like that. Is there a way that they can reach out to you and, and purchase a print of, of some of your Absolutely. Work? Okay. Awesome.
0: Absolutely. They can PM me through, uh, through, uh, Facebook. They can, they can em- email me. They can call me, um, and I will gladly I will gladly answer any questions that they have awesome um, what I found out when I did my web page is that that is stuff that I don't like to do right
1: <laughs> and
0: I don't like to spend time right. doing I, mm-hmm. want to, I want to be out taking pictures
2: right right
0: and I take so many pictures that if you skip a day, you're going to, it's going to take you a week to catch right.
3: up. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: And I, I just, again, it's, they did a beautiful, beautiful job. And I just plain let it go. Um, it, uh, I, I wished, I wished I would have done it different, but I didn't. And again, you can go to Facebook and go to photos on Jay Wild Photography and i don't know how many thousands of pictures are on there um there's a lot and um if there's something that you're interested in ask because i probably do have it somewhere
1: that's that's awesome that's awesome i might have to do a little cruising around myself I, i'm sitting here in my uh recording room right now and and it could use some uh, some sprucing up. So, <laughs> I know just the right place to get yeah, that's that. Right. Done. That's right. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Well, thank you so much, Jay, for coming on. And again, to all of our listeners, please reach out to Jay. find Find him on uh, Facebook and Instagram, and follow along. And it it will, you know, there's kind of a, a short a short supply on on things that make you smile these days and that's that's one place you can go to to um feel that positivity and and enjoy what's you know what's real what's what's around us who we share the world with and and um i i think most hunters and and anglers and just all outdoors minded people uh enjoy being around and and seeing and enjoying so Jay, thank you so much. And Brandon, as always, thank you for uh, jumping on the oh, call yeah. tonight. Was and was awesome. yeah. I, I hope you uh, enjoyed uh, getting to talk with Jay as well. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and uh, we'll catch you next time. One thing I think all hunters should do more often is consult other industries for hunting tips. Farmers, butchers, crop sprayers, ag scientists and many more career fields spend countless hours around or with wildlife and we have much to learn from them. I hope you feel the same way about Jay's unique role as a wildlife photographer and the experiences and tips he shared with us in this episode please be sure to check into everything Jay has available on Instagram and Facebook, as well as his website, JWolfWildphoto.com. Please also be sure to track Brandon and his team down on the Hunt Fish Life channels on Facebook and Instagram, which are linked through their website, thehuntfishlife.com. Finally, establish yourself in the first-gen family by following me through Facebook, Instagram, and Go Wild. You will also find a lot more quality content by subscribing to the First Gen Hunter YouTube channel and by visiting firstgenhunter.com. Keep your October through January pages of the calendar open and bask in the excitement of the upcoming hunting season. And as you make plans, be sure to take care and take someone hunting.